for those who don't know, uh, my name is Scott. I'm one of the pastors here at Whitewater. Now, a few weeks ago, um, if you were here, you remembered I wanted to make sure that you knew that there was no baby. The reason why I'm here is George is on vacation. Well, um, I'm excited to share that yesterday at 4 a.m. in the morning, I got a photo that George and Sarah have had their baby. Mom and baby are healthy. Um, I had someone, they always want to know the details, eight pounds, uh, 22 inches long, so long baby, um, so I'm told. And then um, there is no name. Um, George, uh, I said, can I joke about the name? Can I give a name? And he said, no. So for the, for the sake of my job, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, um, stray away. We'll let them share what that name is. But I'm really excited for George and Sarah that they're able to take, take this time to rest. Uh, so today we're just going gonna to be continuing our teaching series through the Psalms. So uh, today's message, this is for any of you guys, if you're feeling stressed, this message is for you. If you're feeling at times, you know, man, you have too much going on, you're feeling uncertainty, um, if any of us here, if you're going through a lot of pressure, if you have gone through pain, or you know someone going through pain, or you're going through pain yourself, this message is for you. So hopefully there's something for everybody here. So today we're actually going to be reading Psalm 142, and this is actually the first part of it is a lament, like they shared on the screen, and then the last part of it is a praise. And we'll, we're going to go ahead and we'll break that down. So the words will be on the screen, or if you have your Bibles or your smartphone, uh, Psalm 142, and this is David speaking. I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, My enemies have set traps for me. I look for someone to come and help, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. Then I pray to you, O Lord. I say, you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. I hear my cry, for I am very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so I can thank you. The godly will crowd around me, for you are good to me. So guys, this this is a psalm about David, and, and in this moment, David is actually hiding inside of a cave. Uh, what, when we think of David, if you, um, in the stories in the um, Old Testament, it talks about David, we think of David, we think he's a mighty warrior. We think of this giant slayer. Um, we, we, we read about a person who becomes the king of Israel. And yet, um, there's two moments in the, in the book of Samuel, there are two stories in the book of Samuel, where it talks about that David had to run and hide in a cave because the current king Saul, his um, father-in-law, 
did not want him to be king and was out to kill him. And both times that um, David's hiding in a cave, um, David comes out of the cave and then he confronts Saul. When we read this, we just read of, it sounds like he's being brave. If you just read the stories um, in Samuel, it just sounds like he was hiding in a cave waiting for Saul to appear and then he just shows up and he confronts him. But what I love here, it's getting us a different perspective of what's really going on in David's life. I think sometimes we can look at someone's life and we think, man, it, just, it must be so easy for them. Sometimes we can look at someone's life and think, man, if I only had the courage of that person, if I had the job that person had, oh, my, my life would be so much better. If I had the fame, if I had more Facebook followers, I, life would just be so much better. I think just because everything can look good on the outside, it doesn't mean everything is going good from within. And what I love about this psalm here, it's describing just how David was feeling. David shares, it wasn't easy in the inside. What we see here is that David had doubts. We can make it look easy sometimes. We can, I, think, I think sometimes nobody even knows that we need encouragement. I think there are many times that we're going through great adversity, but we're so good at hiding it. We're so good at making things look easy that nobody has any idea. No one, at times, no one knows the difficulties we have endured to get to the situation that we're currently in. Um, I thought of a great example. A few weeks ago, I talked about um, my wife's been trying to get into a nursing school, and she's been on this journey. I'm really happy to say uh, two weeks ago she got accepted into a nursing program. So what we, And this is what we can see. We have three kids. My wife's going to school full-time with three kids, and she got into a nursing program. So that's, that's what we can see. What we don't see is the hardship. What, what you don't hear and what we don't talk about is every semester has been tough. Um, every semester there's been tears, there's stress, there's been times that we've been ready to give up. There's been times where it's like, maybe I should just be a stay-at-home mom. There's been doubts. Questioning, what are we doing? And even though we know this is the way that, that we need to go, even though God has provided every step of the way, it, even though it can look easy on the outside, in the inside, it's been hard, it's been tough. And that could be a lot, of, a lot of us here today is that we have things going on on the inside, things that are just unraveling like we're seeing with David here. He's feeling this pressure. He's feeling this pain. He's feeling struggles from all, every side of him. And that, sometimes that could be us. I think God wants to use us to say something about this world. What most people don't know, God can use our suffering to impact others. Most people, I think we waste our suffering. Uh, we don't profit from our problems. We don't, we don't advance from adversity. I think m- most people, uh, we don't learn from our losses. I think, I think God wants to use what you're going through, what you have going through, 
to help move us towards him. So on, uh, on your outline, if you have your notes, my, the first point, I can use my struggles to draw closer to God. I can use my struggles to draw closer to God. So how do I draw close to God with my struggles? Well, I, we, I think you, we do what David did in that psalm. Uh, in the beginning of the psalm, psalm uh, verses 1 through 2, it says, I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him, and I tell him all my troubles. We cry out to God when our struggles to draw closer to him. We tell him how we feel. We argue with God. But then we have to let go, and we have to be able to trust him. And if you go back to, the, to 1 Samuel, you, we can see in the story where David's in the, David's in the, after he comes out of the cave, that God was with David. God worked him through the situation, and he does become the king. How many people do you know have come to Christ or have come to church because of the suffering or hardships in their life? Um, maybe you did. God says one way that I can help, I can use suffering is to help to draw others towards him. And here, here's what I think. I think when we go through hard times, there's one of two things happen. We can run closer to God or we can run away from God. One of the hardest things that I went through as a child was um, seeing my parents go through divorce. And through that divorce, uh, my parents, they're the couple that would go to church and they were looked like the model couple. They looked they had it all together. But inside, the only things I remember in my early childhood was yelling and screaming and throwing things every day. And when they got divorced, one of my parents ran closer to God than ever before and I had another parent that ran further away from God. I know, at least today, for my life, I would not be where I am if it wasn't for the parent that ran close to God. I would not be standing in front of you guys right now. On your outline, here's the second point. I can use my struggles to draw closer to others. We can use our struggles, we can use our hardships, we can use our pains to draw closer to God. And we can use that to draw closer to others. We're, friends, we're, we're not meant to go through life alone. Hardships sometimes come in your life, I think, not because of what we're handling, but how we're handling it. I think, it, I think at times, at least for my life, as I get prideful, I don't want people to know I need help. I don't want people to know my struggles. I... I automatically set myself for failure when I think that, oh, they're going to they're gonna think less of me if I share what's going on. I don't even give them an opportunity to help because I've already decided that they're going to think less of me, that they won't help me, that now they think different. A lot of times it's, it's, not, how we're, it's, it's not what we're handling, it's how we're handling it. And I call this um, situation blocking a blessing. Uh, when I was going through Bible, Bible college, um, I, I was in a situation where um, I, I lost my vehicle. I had, I had no car. And I thought, you know what? I need exercise. Um, I'm just going to walk everywhere. And I was like, God, God will show up somehow. God, God will provide. 
And someone came to me and he said, hey, I, I know you lost your vehicle. Hey, I want to give you a car. And I said, no, I don't need a car. I don't, I don't need you to give me a car. It's as if I, I was looking back and I was thinking, like, did I just expect that a magical like, car was going to appear in my driveway, that there would be keys in it? Or I'm just going to open a mailbox and it says, you want a vehicle? That's how I expected God was going to provide. And yet, God brought this person in my life to help provide a vehicle when I needed it. Um, I was prideful. I wasn't willing. I did not want to take their help. And yet, that was God was bringing. I think for us, the deepest level of fellowship with others is when we're vulnerable. Galatians 6.2 says this, Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. So some of you guys might be asking, what is the law of Christ? It's just, it's very simple. It's love your neighbors as yourself. And I think an, another issue we have is that we need to get better at showing grace to each other. I think sometimes suffering, sometimes hardships, it can be relative to what we're going through. It can be relative to somebody else. So, so th- think of this. If anyone has seen teenagers or know teenagers, you may ex- or you experience this yourself, but when I was a youth pastor, when I would see a teenager get their first broken heart, they wanted to die. They thought life was over. Nothing, I can't live on. They didn't have the wisdom that there is more fish in the sea. They didn't have the wisdom that it was probably good it didn't work out. There is someone else out there for you. I think a lot of times we can minimize other people's problems because maybe we've graduated beyond that ourselves. Um, first time someone loses a job, maybe first time someone having a, a newborn baby. Um, I, was, I was thinking, I have, I have three kids. Um, it, it could be easy for me when I hear a, a, a new mom or a new parent be like, I don't know how I'm going to go to the store with one child. I'm like, I go to the store with three children. What do you mean you can't go to the store with one child? By the way, do not go to the store with three children. <laughs> unless it's absolutely necessary. It is hard. Um, but that could be... Sometimes we can forget what it was like when we were there ourselves. I remember I was freaking out the first time I had, had to take my daughter by myself to the store when I only had one child. Sometimes we minimize what people are going through just because we have that wisdom because we've gone further along ourselves. Uh, Okay, this is really random. has nothing to do with the sermon, but I think this is funny, talking about stores. Um, so bear with me here. Um, I, I was with my daughter at Walmart. Uh, she's four at the time. And uh, when we walk into Walmart, there's McDonald's on the left-hand side, and she wanted French fries. This is nothing to do with the sermon. This is just entertaining, I promise. <laughs> um, we're walking in, and she wants French fries. I'm like, no, Lene, I'm sorry. We can't have French fries. So I start pulling her. She starts pulling me. And she starts shouting, help, help, help. (laughs) Then she says, let go of me. Somebody help me. There were eyes all around judging me. I'm like, I swear I'm the parent. I swear I'm not taking a child. (laughs) This has nothing to do with today. (laughs) All right, let's... uh, 
come back to it. <laughs> on, on your notes, uh, point three, I can use my suffering to become more like Jesus. I can use my suffering to become more like Jesus. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these. This is, maybe you've heard this before, this is called the fruits of the Spirit. Um, I think most of the time, we learn things in the exact opposite of the situation. I, that we want to learn tough times. I think we learn how to love when, when we've been unloved. I think we learn joy when we're going through grief. I think we learn peace when we're going in chaos. I think we learn patience when we have to wait. I think God can use our suffering to become more like him. I can allow my suffering to help me be more like Jesus, but it's a choice, like I said, I can either I can go closer toward him or I can go away. I think some people's suffering, when they're, or their hardship or pain, um, some people it makes them bitter. And others, I think it makes us better. Uh, Proverbs 20.30, I think you guys can all relate to this. Sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. Can anyone give a testimony to that? I think God's number one purpose in our lives is to help them be more like Jesus. Loving like Jesus, being kind like Jesus, being truthful, being generous. You don't, you don't have to agree with me and, and, and say, yeah, those are good things. I want to be truthful. I, I want to be generous. I want to be kind. These are good things. These are good aspirations. If God is going to make us be more like Jesus, he's going to take us through the things that Jesus went through. Were there times that Jesus was misunderstood? Yes. Were there times that Jesus was tempted? Yes. Did Jesus go through abandonment? Yes. Did Jesus go through pain? Yes. Did Jesus go through betrayal? Yes. What makes you think God is going to spare you he didn't spare his own son from suffering. If he is going to make me like Christ, he is going to take me through the things, the same kind of things that his own son went through. Hebrews 5.8 says this, Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Jesus learned obedience through suffering to do the right thing in spite of the fact that it's not always easy to do the right thing. How are, how are we going to learn to do the right thing if it's, if it's easy? I think we learn more oftentimes than not to do the right thing is through suffering, through going through hardship, through going through pain. There's some things that we only learn through that. I think suffering transforms us. Like I said, again, it's, it's going to help you get better or it's going to help you get better. And guys, I, um, 
I, 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 as your pastor, I want, I want you guys to win in life. I want us all to have a life that is meaningful. I want us all to have a life that has significance. I want your life to be all that God has made you to be. The secret, I think, for every winner out there, whether it's in business, whether it's in sports, whether it's in relationships, I think the secret to every winner is resilience. Everybody has tough times. No one goes through life with no problems. I think the difference between us being a winner and difference between being a loser is when we're not willing to get back up. When we, we lose when we stay down. Winners keep on keeping on. They get knocked down and they get back up. And sometimes we need others about help pick, pick, actually pick us up. We need about other people surrounding with us to help us so that we can get back up. Life is tough. I think everyone is in agreement with that. I can, I can either let it beat me down. I can either let it allow me to stay down. But if I have resilience, we, we, we advance from our adversity. We advance through our hardships. So how do I get resilience? What was the secret for David to bounce back up? I think it's perspective. He looked at life not from a worldly view, but a godly view. He looked at his life, his life for eternity. You can handle, we can handle unbelievable pain if we see a purpose in it. If I don't see a purpose in what I'm going through, I'm not going to have resilience. David emphasizes in the situation. Reread verse 4 of that psalm. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. I think at times we have said or we thought, God, if you really loved me, you wouldn't allow this to happen. God, if you really cared, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have allowed my loved one to die. You wouldn't have allowed me to go through abuse. You wouldn't have allowed me to go through hurt. If you really loved me, you would have healed me. For some of us here, you can say, you know, I prayed, God. I've obeyed you. Why am I suffering? I'm, I'm not sure what's discouraging you. And it may be a physical problem. It could be a relationship problem. Uh, there, there are problems that don't ever seem to go away. There's times we're in, we're in a tunnel and we feel, see that there's no light at the end of it. There's times where, you know, we can get discouraged and we just feel like giving up. What I think, think is important when we go through these moments is, is to remember that we have someone that can comfort us. We have a God of comfort. 2 Corinthians 1.4 He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled we will be able to give them the same comfort God gives us. I don't, I, don't, I don't know the why 
we go through hardships. I don't know the why God has had, had us go through some of the things that we have gone through. But, but I do know the who. I know who's going to comfort you. We have a God that will comfort. I know who will be with you in your situation. I know who will be with you alongside of your pain. I know who is going to comfort you so that you can comfort others. It is so opposite for us to set the why aside for a moment and to think of who instead of for the problem. We can, lose, we can choose to let our pain draw us closer to God, or I can take that pain and I can choose to draw closer to others. I can choose to allow that pain to help me be more like Jesus. Or I can go ahead and I can be bitter instead. Or I can, I can have it cause me to not get back up. On your outline, this is my last point. Um, I can use my suffering to help others. I can use my suffering to help others. If you were going to have suffering... And I think we all have suffering. No one lives a pain-free life. Why not get credit for it? We don't get credit for pain by mumbling. We don't get credit when we complain. We don't get credit for the hardships we go through and we feel sorry for ourselves. Or if we're ignoring the needs of others. We We don't get credit for that. We get credit for the pain, the suffering, the hardships when we use it to help other people especially when someone who's going through the same kind of pain as us. So then rather than me focusing on my own hurts, how I feel bad, I try to refocus that pain, refocus my suffering, and how can I help the pain of others? Think for a moment. Who can better help a struggling veteran than someone who's been a veteran? Who can help someone going through cancer than someone who has gone through cancer? Who can better help someone who's going through abuse or has been abused or hurt than someone who's gone through abuse or hurt? Who can better help someone who's gone through depression or is going through depression than someone who's going through depression? You know just exactly what what should be said. You know what was not helpful. You know what was helpful. We can... Our pain, our, our struggles, we can use those to make an impact on other people's lives. And there's, a, there's another flip of that coin. Um, we can also use our joy to impact others' lives. Um, I had a friend, friend tell me, and it made me really think, is um, uh, when, when, some, when someone's having a baby, usually there's a little more joy from people who've been parents than those who aren't parents. Um, and they, they get to share that joy. They're excited. They want to tell others about what's happening. Um, for someone, when they get, when they get a job, we can, we, they, we can have joy. We can have others join in on the, on the good things that happen, not just the bad. So I want to just emphasize that for this. It's not all, we only share our doom and gloom, but we should be sharing our joys. We should be able to share everything with others. Going back, I want my friends, don't waste your hurt 
Don't hide from your suffering. Let God use it. Let God recycle it. Let God utilize it. Let God bless other people. Don't waste the pain. Don't waste the suffering that you've gone through in your life. So on, on your outline there, um, here's, your, here's your homework. is Today, either with yourself or with your family, write down what are three to four painful moments in your life that you've gone through. And then in another column, who are three to four different people that you know are going through those things right now? My friends, you may have just discovered your ministry right there. I, lo- um, I love in reco- for those who know about recovery, the 12th 12, the step of recovery is you don't get well until you help someone else. Who is someone that perhaps God has brought in your life? Who is someone that you may have gone through something horrific? Who is someone that you know may be going through that now that you could be able to, to be that light to? You know what needs to be said. You know what not to, not to say. You could be that comfort for them. I can use my pain to be a witness to this world. I think a lot of times we think, we think this world is impressed by our prosperity, how we handle things. I don't think that impresses the world. The world, I think, I think more often times or not, we're, they're, it's impressed by how we handle adversity. I think at times we think success gives us credibility, where God says, no. Your suffering, your pain, that gives you credibility. I think at times we think of that fame earns us respect. How many Facebook followers we have? How many people I have, have in my address book? God says the way we, we earn respect is through the faithfulness in tough times. I could share with you all the achievements in my life, but I think for most of you, I don't think that would impress you. I think if I shared my achievements, that wouldn't draw us closer together. But when I share with you guys the hell I've gone through, when, um, when my brother was 17, he was murdered. When I, when I share that with you, when I share with you, that was my only sibling. When I went through that pain... I felt like I had no one around me that could understand. I didn't have another sibling that knew what I was going through. It, it took almost a month until I found someone who's gone through a similar situation where, where they had a brother that was also gone and they were an only sibling. I think more likely, when, when I share my hurts... Church, when I share what I went through in that situation, um, I think, I think mo- more likely that'll touch you. More likely, when I share that vulnerability, you'll, you're listening. More, more than likely, it's a, it's a witness. That was such a hard, hard time in my life. And then even harder in the situation is I didn't even get to see justice. The person who's decided to take my brother's life he decided, oh, you know what? I'm going to take my own life as well. So I never even got to see the justice of the situation. Our weaknesses actually gain a hearing more than our strengths. 
And that's the opposite of what the world says. Suffering, I think it humanizes us. It causes us to have credibility with others. So I want to use my pain, my hardships to be a witness to this world. God wants to use your pain as a model, as a message to others. God says, hey, you know the things that you regret, the things you wish that never happen? I want to use those to touch other people. I want, I want you to be vulnerable so that, that you can be a light to others. I love, I love what David, David says at the end of this psalm where we talked about his lament at first and he goes into praise. This is what David does when he's feeling all this pressure on himself. Then I pray to you, O Lord, I say, you are my place of refuge. You are all I want in life. Hear my cry, for I am very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so I can thank you. The godly will crowd around me, for you are good to me. Over David, David ends the psalm, I like where he says that. He says, you are good to me. How is God good? I think it's God's love through the suffering of Jesus. God shows us, this is how much I love you. I have given my son to die on the cross for your sins. I gave my son's life so that you can have a relationship with me. That is how God is good. God has already said yes to us. I think the question for some of us today is, will you say yes to him? And just because we say yes to him, it doesn't mean we're immune to the pains of life. I think so many of us today, and I, I, this is including myself, we're losing heart at what's going on in the world. There are certain names I, I, I can't hear another time in the media. It's exhausting. It's depressing. There's, there's a reason why, why the church exists today. There's a reason why I think each and every one of us are in this room today, so that we can be that hope. God has already said yes to us. Are we going to say yes to him? So guys, we're going to go ahead and pray, and I'm, I'm going to give you that chance to say yes to him. Father, we come before you. Um, Lord, as life is tough. Life is hard. And God, I, I, I thank you that when we go through hard times, we can draw closer to you. I thank you that when we go through hard times, we can draw closer to others. I thank you that when we go through these struggles, you can help us become more like Jesus. And through all this, Lord, I, I pray that we could use what we've gone through, that it would not be wasted, but that there would be a way that we can impact others through what we've gone through, that, through our pains. Lord, for anyone in this room today, if, if they have not said yes to you, Lord, would this be the day that we surrender? Would this be the day that we put our trust in you and say, yes, yes, you have said yes to us. Can we say yes to you?